Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Emergency podcast, emergency podcast, six rings and football things. Deja vu all over again. Tom Brady officially announced his retirement via Instagram this morning. And I am joined by the great Patriots.com, PFW, PUer, Paul Perillo, your friend and mine. We are going to break down the entirety of Tom Brady's career because Paul and I had a unique uh, kind of vantage point for the bulk of that career with the Patriots in New England. And I don't know that anyone saw the evolution of Tom Brady's career more closely than Paul Perillo. So first of all, Paul, thanks for joining us. Hey, thanks for having me. We're going to put a little asterisk, six rings, maybe, well, actually seven, since we're talking about Tom Brady. Yeah, I mean, I guess we're technically talking about a seven rings yeah. member of Patriot Nation with six of those coming in New England. Uh, first of all, <clears throat> Massachusetts legalized gambling. You can all get your hometown, Everett. You can go down there, put the old mortgage on whatever you want. Would you have bet on us doing this podcast right now, Tom Brady retiring this year after the debacle that was last retirement and this past season? Yeah, I, I would not have. I would have lost. Because uh, if I had to to say either way, I would have said he's going to come back for, for one more year. And, and I kind of felt heading into last year that that was going to be it. But then the way it all unfolded, um, obviously the situation with his marriage, um, I, you know he didn't play as well. Uh, the team certainly didn't perform as well. I, I didn't think he would go out on, on those terms. I, I figured he would – I think he showed enough signs that he could still play at, at a reasonably high level. I thought he would come back for one more. But I'm not stunned by it, obviously. It, the guy's 46 years old. You can't be too you know, too surprised. Yeah, I, I mean, certainly in terms of volume, he, what, he led the NFL and set records with attempts and completions for an right. eight-win team that he kind of had to carry because they didn't have a running game. And I think there was some frustration throughout. Um, I agree with you. I, I thought there were actually really enticing, intriguing opportunities potentially on the horizon um, this offseason, San Francisco being at the top of the list, especially with the Brock Purdy injury uh, in the title game that just opened the door for a one-year cameo for him in his right. dream home. Um, but that being said, do you agree that he's done? I mean, he was pretty emotional in that short video. This this time it seemed genuine. I, I agree. And uh, I heard it when I was driving in this morning, and I did think that it struck me that he was willing to sort of acknowledge what he did last year. And, you know, kind of, you know, not really make fun of himself, but he kind of poked a little fun of himself, right. saying, you know, it's for real this time or something along those lines. Yeah, I, I'd be very surprised if two months from now we're having another emergency podcast to say, oh, Tom's coming back. Is it is it going to be San Francisco? Is it going to be Tennessee? Is it going to be Las Vegas? You know, I'd be very surprised. And I also was kind of surprised to say, I don't know if you caught the Jeff Darlington report. You know, it was kind of Tampa or nothing. I don't know if you buy that. Um I, I, I do a little bit. I do a little bit. I, I wonder if he just didn't want to be one of those guys, Andy, hopping around from team to team at the end, um, just sort of said, it's either going to be Tampa or I'm not going to play. And then he kind of looked around at the landscape and Tampa was like, I ain't playing for this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, that's interesting. 
I mean, and we can get into that because the way I kind of want to handle this with you is because, as you said, we were talking off air like, eh, I feel like we've already done this once. <laughs> like we did it kind of <laughs> last year and it was awkward. It was weird. I'm not sure at the time any of us really trusted it, even though we were going through the the process of respecting that he kind of retired and that whole thing for 40 days. Um, but I want to take a, a little different approach. I want to break this up because I personally and you know this and loyal listeners to Six Rings and PU and the various uh, outlets that I appear on know I have um, what I guess would be called a um, you could say it love hate relationship love hate relationship uh, interesting relationship layered relationship with Tom Brady uh, because I want to start first and foremost you know like I think he's the greatest that ever did it I think we throw that around way too often these days oh this guy's a goat that's guys a no no greatest Est means something in this world. You learn that in like third grade ELA class. Est means something. He is the greatest to ever do it. I, I don't think this will ever be challenged. I, I really don't. I, I just, the longevity, the success, the everything about him just was perfect. The marriage with Belichick, I, I just don't see. And, and you know, I'm also a believer that every record is made to be broken and it's sports and there will all. I find it hard to believe there's going to be another Tom Brady. I don't think there's much of an argument about the GOAT part. Um, and no one has accomplished – because whatever you want to use for your measurement, you know, is it rings, is it records, is it yards, is it touchdown? What, whatever the metric you want to use, he's the best at. You know, he's won more games. If you want to just say, well, a quarterback's job is just to win, no one did it better than him. Well, a quarterback's job is to score points. No one did it better than him. Throw touchdowns. No one did it better than him. So – I don't think there's any argument about the greatest part. Um, I do wonder if I, I can't, I'm kind of with you. I think all records are kind of made to be broken. I wouldn't be stunned if, you know, someday we're talking about somebody else, maybe nobody that we know right now. We can you know, be dead. You know, maybe it won't be Patrick Mahomes the way, you know, everybody always wants to anoint these guys, you know, five, six years in, but somebody will come around. And I think the way that you see these quarterbacks play now, Aren't you surprised if anybody retires before the age of 40? Yes and no, because it's a um, a double-edged sword there. I think the money they now are making and will continue to grow and make would lead to earlier retirements. Like if you're making $50 million a year and you play for, for 10 years and you get $500 million in the bank, I don't know. I think the beach and the family and that yeah. life might be appealing. The flip side is I do think the way they protect quarterbacks – you can play longer and with nutrition and everything and everything that goes into football, no double sessions and everything like, yes, you could play forever, but do you want to, will you be motivated yep. to? And that, that is a question. Yeah. And, but you're right. There'll probably be, you know, if, if 98% of quarterbacks go one way and say, no, I made $500 million and I won two Super Bowls. I'm ready to call it a career. There'll be that one or 2% or like Brady that says, well, I want to chase Brady. I'm still feeling good. I, I'll make a billion dollars instead of 500 million and I'll chase six rings instead of three, whatever it is. And yeah. there probably will be like if um, Patrick Mahomes is playing into his, you know, like 42, 43 years old, his numbers are going to be knocking on the door. His numbers will be, but the winning is part of it. And you said it, Brady. Oh, I think all of all the numbers will be knocking on the door. I just don't, I, I'm we'll with see. you. I think there are a lot of other things and you know, He's already made a, that mega contract that Tom yep. Brady never did. So to your point, maybe when he's 37, 38, he's like, you know what? what? What do I need to keep doing this for? 
he too has an annoying wife, but that's a different topic for a different day. Um, but I think the, cha <laughs> the challenge there, um, and not to go too far down this track of the next Brady or any of that, is will his winning match, because you said it, Brady basically says, you pick your category and I'll beat you in it. If you want to compare X, okay, I'll beat you in X. If you want to compare Y, I'll beat you in Y. Um, if you're the, telling me seven Super Bowls, I don't think I don't right. think someone will match that. But and, and, I, I think someone will match his wins, like just uh, his flat out wins. Oh, general the wins probably yes, but like for Mahomes to be the example, Andy Reid is not going to be there as long as Tom had Bill. And right. I don't know what the next coach will look like, or if it's well, there's one coach that doesn't work. They don't get along for two years. Then there's like those transitional eras sure. could waste away time and, and opportunity. Um, for him in his career. But yes, no, guys like Mahomes or whoever you want to pick, they they have chances in the modern era to go after Brady. But I want to break this up. So the first segment I want to do, because I look at Brady in three phases of his career. The early years, the chip on his shoulder, the crying kid who won Super Bowls but was a system QB, was a product of the defense. We'll get into that. I want to talk about that a little bit. Then I think you evolved into the middle of his career where he was an assassin where he got a taste of the the passing life with with uh, moss and welker and loved it and like took off and then the final phase which i don't know where i how i want to describe that exactly whether that's businessman um you know looked i think looked at the game and looked at himself as his own corporation in a corporate, different way yeah, corporate tom yep yeah so i think those are the three phases so i, I want to start with because you were there from day one ground one the whole thing six round pick tom brady what is your and i don't want oh you know blah 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 did you ever see it i don't, I don't want that crap because i don't want you to lie um i want you know like, what didn't. you know the answer to that i <laughs> no, know i know nobody did <laughs> um what is your first like memory of Tom Brady? Because I'll let listeners know um, you guys did a uh, rookie diary with Tom right. Brady back in 2000. So you got to, and for anybody that doesn't know, the Patriots Football Weekly would talk to a guy every single day, basically after training camp practice or before training camp practice. And Tom Brady was that guy for that year. Is it anything from that or just what was your general first impression of Tom Brady? Yeah, I mean, th that's most of it for me. And I did a lot of those. Uh, your predecessor and our good friend Shane Donaldson actually did it more often than not. That was his it was his jo uh, job, I would say, for 75 percent of those training camp days. Shane's the one that sat down with him. And uh, my takeaway from the, the ones that I did with him were just that. Very confident, you know, and you were thinking, you know, this, this kid, he might have a chance to make the team, maybe. Because you were thinking, well, you know, Drew's not going anywhere. And then John Freeze is a veteran backup. So those two guys were sort of locked in. Could he supplant Michael Bishop as that third guy? No one thought at the time, they're not going to keep four quarterbacks, which obviously Belichick ended up doing. But the, the confidence that he had, um, despite the fact that he hadn't really done anything yet, to me was my one of my big takeaways and i and i thought that that really coincided with with the way belichick spoke about him like after rookie minicamp you know obviously a quarterback position itself is a position of leadership but he felt like he took ownership of that entire group right from day one and you could see that on the field i thought physically and i've said this to you many times i thought physically his his skills 
were undersold coming out of college. I thought he threw the ball better than the way the scouts had spoken about it at Michigan. I thought his arm was better. Um, I thought he was, a, a, you know, never to be confused with Patrick Mahomes as an athlete, but his movement was, I think, better than it was given credit for too. This is early in his career. I'm not talking about the guy that bowed out on the Monday night against Dallas and basically couldn't move. I'm talking about early on in his career. I thought he slid around, moved around. There was some promise there. That was my first impressions was his confidence and the way Belichick talked about his leadership. And, you know, I think the, um, the myth of Tom Brady is different than the reality. The, you know, he came from nowhere and never had a chance at Michigan guy. And, oh, they screwed him here. They screwed him there. I think is just a flat-out fabrication by the media. And I think he perpetuated it early in his career, and the Patriots perpetuated it, and everybody around him. I mean, the reality is he was a great athlete coming out of high school who was drafted by Major League Baseball, who went to Michigan, who had throwing coaches, who was pampered. And, and then at Michigan, was really good. Was like you go look at bowl records. I don't know. I think it was the Orange Bowl was one of them. Like great Orange Bowl, yeah. Setting records, and I firmly believe that that was a different time. And if Tom Brady entered the NFL with the exact same track record and skill set, I think he may have been a much higher draft pick these days. And I think time played a role. Like the Mac Jones comparisons, like. I mean, Mac Jones went with the 15th pick yeah. in the freaking draft. To your point, he had a far more successful collegiate career than Mac Jones did. Right. So you know, and I'm not talking about winning the games because obviously Mac Jones won all his games right. last year, but that's the only year he played. Brady played other years. He played two years. He had more experience coming out. I, I couldn't agree with you more about that. The whole myth of, you know, overcoming everything. He, he got drafted where he did because of Drew Henson, because he had to split some time with Drew Henson People wondered, well, if he's that good, why is he not just winning this job? And as to come to find out in retrospect, that was a Lloyd Carr problem, not a Tom nice. Brady problem. And and I think even that in this era would be looked at differently of Jalen Hurts benched and transfers or, you know, these guys transfer portal. It's not working out. I'm out of here. And, and who knows? Maybe he would have gotten out of there in the new, the new transfer portal rules of the day. But I just think overall the prospect that was Tom Brady would be looked at a little bit differently today. Now, the flip side of that is – he'd be more of a dinosaur and a pocket passer right. today. Right. So maybe that would balance out, and maybe he still ends up being a late-round pick because they go, wow, this guy's really a, a slug. He can't he can't do anything. Um, so when it started to unfold, when it started, you know, and we're not going to go down the road of your guy, Drew. We don't. That's a story off-told, and, and we know it gets emotional for you, and I don't want tears on my podcast. Um, but when it goes down the road of he wins the job, he wins a Super Bowl, uh, what are you looking for? I was, Drew trying the, I was trying to get my Drew poster in the picture. <laughs> yeah. um, when it goes down that road, and again, I'm talking early career, Tom, wins the Super Bowl, doesn't really do a whole hell of a lot. Uh, next year, eh, ties for the NFL lead or leads the NFL in, in touchdown passes, but they miss the playoffs. Then they come back 0-3, and the dynasty begins sort of in that era of you know, right after I said they should prepare for the draft and they never lost another game that season or parts of the next season. Um, it's a great point, counterpoint. It really was. Back in the day. Classic. Uh, when when did you become a believer? I had sort of been in that camp in 01 that, eh, I don't know. Like, he's pretty good with the – I'll give him credit. He's pretty good when the game's on the line. You know, when he has to have a drive, he seems to come through. He's got that clutch quality to him, but he didn't really do much. 
in 02, I don't think the team was very good. And he, I know, played hurt through the latter part of that season. I think he had a separated shoulder, if I remember. And the fact that he led the league in touchdown passes, I was like, yeah, I think I may have misjudged this one a little bit. <laughs> 03 and 04, like the case was closed. You know, especially 04. 04, to me, was still the best Patriots championship team. Best combination of really dominant offense and dominant defense. And I still think that the talent level on those teams is grossly undersold, um, you know, beyond just Brady. That's why they was, you know, 14 and two consecutive years. That doesn't happen by accident. Um, but yeah, I would say coming off that 02 season, Andy, I, I kind of, you know, going into 02, I definitely had my doubts, but those doubts were completely gone when he leads the league in touchdown passes. And then he builds off of that and goes back to the Super Bowl and wins it two years in a row. It was over. Do you, I agree with you wholeheartedly. I mean, he became, at that point, I know this has been a talking point this week because his former teammate, Rich Ornberger, said if Mahomes retired now, it, he would be a Hall of Famer. Well, once Brady had three Super Bowls in four years as a starter, he was a Hall of Famer. And, and he started to have statistics as well. They weren't Manning, and you started to get into the Manning-Brady stuff in there, right. one's stats, one's titles, blah, blah, blah. He was a Hall of Famer after the 04 season with three rings and what he was accomplishing with those teams. Do you think, and I know he'll probably never answer this, at least not honestly, or an answer that we can take as honesty, but do you think Bill was similar to you? Do you think there was any doubt in Bill's mind after the 01 title, they gave him that reworked contract, they trade Drew? I think Bill was done with Drew. Yeah. I'm not so sure Bill said, this guy right here, going to ride him for about two decades no what i think and i still think that that bill believes this is i feel like bill bill was convinced that brady was a guy he could win with but i think that he felt and i think in many ways he still feels i can win with him because of me and i think that's part of you know we don't have to branch this off into a different podcast about the current state of the patriots but right. i i think that's part of it i i think that bill that whole cliche from that book, from the Wickersham book about, you know, or, or the Ian O'Connor, whatever book it was from, the you give me a top 15 quarterback. I think that's what he felt. Like Tom is not the best quarterback in football, but he's good enough and I'll do the rest. And I think he was convinced coming off of 01, I can win with this guy because he does what I want him to do. He, he doesn't make mistakes. He avoids negative plays. He's smart and he's a good leader and I'll do the rest. What if I give him the 15th best quarterback and the 6,472nd best offensive play caller? Oh, wait, that was last season. Yeah, that probably won't work out. Uh, probably won't work out too well. So as Paul Perillo just said, through the 2004 season, Tom Brady had three Super Bowl rings, probably was already established as a Hall of Famer, and little did we know at the time, his career was just beginning. And here on Six Rings and Football Things, we'll now delve into the second phase as we'd like to look back on the retrospective of Tom Brady's career now that he has, in case you hadn't heard, announced his retirement for good on Instagram, got a little choked up, got a little teary-eyed, and then unloaded every photo that apparently was on his phone on his Insta story. <laughs> I didn't know the little, little lines that show you how many photos are in a story could get so small. Dude, I actually was looking, Paul, you and I, I thought maybe we'd make a photo at some point. He put so many photos. You had Pioli and Belichick and the Crafts, and it seemed like anybody that's ever rubbed elbows with Tom Brady got a photo, but we didn't quite we make it. We got snubbed. I don't, I don't do the Instagram. We got snubbed. We did. We got that's snubbed, un, but that's, that's okay. 
we can still talk about him objectively. And for this phase of the Six Rings and Football Things podcast, we'll delve into what I call the uh, uh, assassin years of Tom Brady, where he married up um, his will to win with a realization that physically he could compete with any quarterback in the National Football League in terms of throwing the, the football, volume, moving the ball through the air. Um, Peyton Manning developed that rivalry, and we all know that in 07, Moss and Welker arrived and took everything that he had done with Branch and Givens and those guys to the next level. He moved on from the disappointment of the AFC title game loss to Peyton Manning when he was throwing to Caldwell and uh, company, Jabbar, uh, Jabbar Gaffney. Were you surprised when that happened, when 50 touchdown passes and theoretically the greatest team in football history right up until they lost to the Giants and ruined the whole freaking story? Were you surprised at that Brady as much as you would accept that he was great, took it to the next level. Yeah, I, I was surprised by a couple of things. Number one, and you'll you'll know this, and Fred likes to remind me of this every once in a while. You know, I didn't think a whole lot of Wes Welker when he when yep. he arrived. I couldn't understand the fascination. Loose um, change, I believe you that. called him. Uh, Loose yeah, change. We yeah. stick. We stay and stand by that. Well, do I stand by it? No. I mean, uh, see, this is very hard for people like you to to accept. Some of us, when we get it wrong, we say, "I was wrong." And I was wrong about a lot of things, but Wes Welker. Uh, I, I was surprised that, uh, I mean, obviously you could see that Randy Moss could still play. But being able to still play and then going out and set the single season record is two different things. I didn't anticipate that kind of uh, an explosion for, for Randy Moss. I think in a lot of ways that was a perfect combination with the ultimate deep threat on the outside in the ultimate slot machine on the inside you know, with a whole lot of space to work with and the smartest quarterback who's ever played delivering the ball and just, you know, it was like a sprinkler offense. They could do whatever they wanted to do. If you asked me at the beginning of the year, are they going to set these records? I would have said, no, that's crazy. 50 mm -hmm. touchdowns. That's crazy. But Gil Brantz, I mean, uh, Gil Santos saw it, but you'll say it. We would, we were sitting next to each other watching the San Diego game in week two. And we both looked at each other and said, this team could go undefeated. Remember Absolutely. how easy they made it look early in the year? Yep. So, like, to say that, like, no one thought it could happen, we kind of, like, we're early on that. Like, this team offensively is special, and if they can keep it together and stay healthy and do, like, that, that it's going to be special, and it was. Yeah, it was, and that's as fun, just pure viewing. Like, the lack of entertainment we've seen from, let's say, the 2022 Patriots or the, the Cam Newton Patriots where it was just, ugly slugfests on offense and uh, ineptitude. The 07 team was the opposite of that. That was NBA, you know, fantastic football, like just fast <laughs> break and living the high life. Um, that was a lot of fun. And I was surprised. And it's funny because you bring up the, the Moss and Welker arrival and how good they were and sort of the over the top, the outside guy, and then the crazy slot guy. And I still remember Bill in one of those documentaries where he goes, you know, if you cover Moss over the top and you cover Welker underneath, we're screwed. Yeah, nobody could. <laughs> but, well, that was also later on, you know, when Moss had kind of, and you know, no, I know. Like, we don't have to like, turn it into a Randy Moss thing, but Randy Moss kind of quit. And well, that's why Moss over the top was allowed to be taken out of the game. In 07, Moss was unstoppable. We got a lot of side side podcasts yeah, yeah. down the road here. I just I'd just like to provide your programming for you. In the stick to the uh, stick to the point at hand, and Tom Brady took the MVP, broke the touchdown record. Unfortunately, they failed in the desert, and the offensive line got their ass kicked, and he doesn't uh, win that Super Bowl. 